You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. In this podcast, we share stories and updates from persecuted Christians, analyze current persecution trends, and always bring it back to prayer. We hope that this helps you to feel more connected to your persecuted family. Here's today's episode. Hi, welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast from Open Doors Canada. It's Jared here along with Andrew. We're excited to have you back with us for another day of discussing and praying for our persecuted family. I have a question for you, our listeners and supporters, and it's a question that we've talked about on the podcast before. When you hear the term persecution, what comes to mind? So if you're watching us on YouTube right now, we'd love you to comment below with your answer to that question. Yeah. So take a second, think, When you hear the term persecution, what comes to mind? Now, I posted that question on our Instagram page prior to this podcast, and I want to read a couple of the answers that have come up uh, since then. Let me just pull it up here while you're coming up with your own answers listening. Persecution, what comes to mind? Not tolerating freedom of religion, Mm -hmm. suffering, being denied of one's right to have faith in Christ Jesus, threats, banning Bibles, making laws against Christianity. If, oh, I, if I was to answer it, I would have said like North Korea. North Korea. Comes to mind. Yep. Yeah. I would personally maybe say something along the lines of being discriminated against for, well, in this case, Christianity, more broadly speaking, any kind of uh, human right, freedom of religion being one of them. There's lots of different kinds of persecution. Those are all really great answers. And earlier this year, we went through a uh, series on the podcast where we talked about persecution in different spheres of life, including national life, social life, family life, and things like that. Some types of persecution that we talked about are more subtle, more invisible, quote unquote, such as uh, being being excommunicated from one's family because of one's faith. Um, Things that maybe just happen in a personal life. But one of the more prominent and visible ways that persecution is enacted involves the justice system. Right. So in some countries on the World Watch list, uh, North Korea being number one, yeah. uh, as an example, being a Christian uh, can lead to legal trouble. Yes, absolutely. Now, North Korea is like an extreme example in yes. terms of even owning a Bible can cost you life in labor camp. But uh, we want to talk about a couple stories that have come to open doors over the last couple weeks involving Christians in prison and the difficulty specifically that comes with uh, arbitrary judicial rulings on religious freedom, specifically in the nation of Iran. Now, we've brought up uh, prison, a lot of Christian prisoners from Iran over the last few years. Nasser Navar Galtep, we talked about a lot. Sarah and Homeun were another couple we've talked about a lot. Uh, this is one of the more prominent countries where Christians and the church involvement can lead to arrests and where uh, getting that information is, is easier than some other countries. Yeah, and well, we mentioned earlier that there's different types of persecution and different countries on the world watch list have different uh, ways that persecution looks. And in Iran, being in prison is, is the most prominent one. And so uh, we actually want to start off the podcast after all that talk with the somewhat depressing topics with a praise point. Because we found out this week that one of the pastors that we've prayed for at Open Doors in Iran, his name's Joseph Shabazian. We've highlighted him in the past during our uh, One With Them campaign in which we pray for Christian prisoners. Um, mm-hmm. He has been freed. Absolutely. Could you 
Yeah, Sorry. so let me let me just kind of give people some background for those who who have never heard of Joseph uh, Shabazian before. Uh, but he received originally a ten-year sentence uh, for holding church services in his home, and in uh, but in May of this year, uh, it was reduced to two years uh, following a retrial, uh, where the court of appeal didn't find enough evidence to determine. This is a quote: enough evidence to determine the maximum punishment. For the organization of groups that threaten national security, end quote. Now, that was like, to us, that was great news when we heard it was reduced. It was just after we had printed the cards <laughs> yeah, for one right. with them that yeah. said he was serving a 10, currently serving a 10 year sentence. And we printed them. And before we even got to tell people about it, it was reduced to two years, which was great news. Yeah. Now, after that, Joseph uh, applied to serve the rest of his sentence at home. Uh, with an electronic tag, but on September 13th, he was actually informed that he had been pardoned and would be able to return to his family, including his first grandchild, a nine-month-old granddaughter born while he was in jail. That's so funny. He applies for not, not necessarily a lighter sentence, but being at home with an electronic tag, and they say no, yeah. and then they find out, in fact, yeah. you're free to go in the first place, which is incredible and miraculous. And, you know, Joseph and his family are overjoyed that he's back home, although uh, the the financial and emotional and physical toll that 13 months in prison takes ha, does run high. He's already paid about 100,000 American dollars in bail and is in some physical distress. Um, Joseph, during his 13 months in prison, was sick, uh, but every time he came down with an illness, was denied medical appointments. And Andrew, I want to give a shout out to the organization Article 18. They're an organization that advocates for religious freedom. In Iran, they're the ones who were able to pass on this story to us, article18.com for more information. But they report that by chance, uh, he discovered that the prison officials actually suspected he was suffering from uh, very serious illness. And we, we don't know for sure. The suspicion is there that it's because of his medical condition that he was yeah. pardoned. That's not confirmed. It's just a possibility. Now, re reportedly, uh, serving more than one-third of his reduced sentence of that two years, made Joseph eligible for conditional release. But if he had applied for that, uh, the condition would be agreeing not to organize and host house church meetings with Christian converts. Yeah. Uh, so like many believers who have sacrificed their lives to tell others about Jesus, Joseph refused to apply for that. He wasn't okay with those conditions. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he was not expecting to be pardoned yeah. and free to walk out of prison on September 13th. To be clear, he had the option to apply for conditional release, refused, instead applied for home imprisonment with the electronic tag, which was not the same thing. Um, but uh, he's home now, he's with his family, he's with his new grandchild, and we're thankful for the news. It's, it, it's not the first time we've heard about miraculous, unexplained endings of prison sentences out of Iran. Uh, you actually mentioned earlier Nasser, as well as uh, Sarah and Homayoun, the married couple, um, all three of them yeah. had their sentences ended uh, somewhat unexpectedly yeah. within the last year. So we praise God for that. Uh, I think of stories in the New Testament like Paul and Silas or Peter even who were unexpectedly and miraculously freed from different types of captivity. Um, and I think we still see that yeah. at times today. And it, yeah. it's quite amazing to see that in real time. Now, with that said, uh, this news that comes out of Iran overlaps with more difficult news on the same day. Yeah, same day, 61-year-old Anushavan Avidian 
another Iranian-Armenian pastor entered the jail to serve a 10-year sentence he received more than a year ago. Like Joseph, Anushavan was also leading a private gathering in his home uh, when 30 agents raided it. Well, in Iran, uh, home church services are illegal. House church services are illegal. And actually, any church service that offers a service in the Persian language has been illegal for about 15 years. Which is the majority language. It's the majority language in Iran. Um, So, yeah, holding services like that are not allowed. That was the whole point. Yeah, and so since his sentencing, uh, he has spent the last year wondering and worrying uh, when would the authorities come knocking at his door? Yeah. Uh, to summon him to prison. Now, despite being sentenced, it wasn't established when that sentence would begin, but that knock finally came. Uh, agents threatened to forcibly handcuff and transport Anushavan to prison if he refused to report. So he enters prison on the very same charges that Joseph Shabazian was under sentence for and then pardoned for on the very same day this happens. And this just sort of illustrates the uncertainty that Christians live with mm in Iran as they follow Jesus in this particular country where Islam um, is, it dominates every sphere of life uh, and members of any other faith, including Christianity, are seen as enemy groups. They struggle with how to live out their faith and even how you mentioned the story of Anushavan. Yeah. He was sentenced, but for a whole year, doesn't know when he's going to be summoned to jail and doesn't know when the sentence is actually going to begin. And I mentioned at the outset that this is sort of an arbitrary judicial sphere uh, that makes it difficult to follow Jesus. See, in Iran, Christianity is a recognized religion. It's just incredibly difficult for our brothers and sisters to follow Jesus in a full way because of the oppression that exists. Christians are not allowed to hold the services uh, that, that they do, and people like Anushavan are arrested and sentenced for it. And so, with all of this in mind, Following Jesus in Iran just presents so many difficulties that it's our call as the church in Canada to stand with them in prayer and, uh, and, and support them through that. Uh, and so we're going to move into a time of prayer, as we always do on the podcast. Uh, and we wanted to highlight, before we do that, though, we did want to highlight one other thing. We know we've been talking about Iran, uh, but we were recently informed of a prayer request from uh, a country that neighbors Iran. Uh, Afghanistan. Now, it was a very difficult country to get information of on, but we learned recently that there are eight Christians who were arrested a couple weeks back. Uh, it sounds like some of them maybe were related to each other. Uh, we don't have much to go on, but we wanted to inform you of that and keep them in prayer, praying for a miraculous release. Yeah. Yeah, we want to pray for these eight Afghan Christians, as well as for Anushavan and for Joseph. So, uh, specifically, as Anushavan begins this devastating journey of a 10-year prison sentence. We want to ask God to strengthen him, uh, to fill his heart with peace that Mm -hmm. passes understanding. Pray that he'll feel God's presence, uh, that God will use him as a source of light, and that he will be freed. Absolutely. And of course, we want to pray for healing for for Pastor Joseph as he undergoes tests and treatments for what could be a serious condition. We want to pray for God's protection over him. We want to pray for God's encouragement for him and his family. And his healing touch. Mm-hmm. But although, you know, although he's pardoned, uh, former political prisoners in Iran are never truly free. Yeah. Uh, and his actions will be monitored by the police. And so let's pray for them. Jared, would you lead us in prayer? Sure. God, we are praying today for our brothers in Iran, Joseph and Anushavan. Um, 
Lord, we are thankful for the freedom that Joseph now has. We're thankful for the unexpected pardon that comes after having his sentence already decreased. We don't know what went on there. We don't know what happened behind the scenes, but we do trust that you are working and we praise you for that. We thank you that he's back with his family, back able to meet his new grandchild. We pray, Lord, that the years that they have left together as a family would be blessed and spent in joy and in safety. We pray that he would be healed from the sickness that was plaguing him in prison and that the emotional toll and the mental toll that a prison sentence takes would be lifted from him. Lord, we pray that he would be kept safe in the future and that his future work through the uh, Iranian church would not be prevented, would not be opposed, but that he would be able to preach your gospel in safety and in freedom. And we pray for Anushavan, who is now on the other end of that, beginning 10 years in prison. Lord, you freed Joseph. Would you free Anushavan as well? We pray that he would be unexpectedly and miraculously pardoned uh, for what is considered a crime uh, under the same things that Joseph was pardoned for, not having enough evidence to declare a maximum sentence. Lord, we pray that we'd be able to do another podcast eventually with that update. In the meantime, God, would you give this brother courage and strength mm -hmm. and peace uh, in his interactions with anyone from uh, prison guards to other prisoners. Lord, would you make him a light in the dark place? We pray that uh, the love of Jesus would shine out through him uh, in the midst of his trials and tribulations. And we pray also for this request out of Afghanistan for eight Christians who've been arrested. God, we don't know any details, but you do. You know their names, you know their hearts, you know the situation, the charges, and everything that needs to fall into place in order for them to be freed. And so we commit that situation to you. We pray that you would protect your children there, protect the church in Afghanistan in the midst of so much persecution. We pray that uh, these brothers would also be freed. Mm -hmm. and that the situation in Afghanistan would improve to a level where the church can begin to thrive there again. We commit all this to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, and thank you to all of you who came out last week, uh, last weekend to uh, our tour in Alberta. It yes. was so great to meet with you, uh, and we are coming across other places in Canada next year, and so we'll hope to see you there. Can you talk a little bit about that? So for people who don't know about the tour in Alberta, what did you do and what can they expect in other uh, parts of Canada if they want to sign up? Yeah, so uh, in Alberta, we we did a, an event in three different cities, uh, and then we were at churches on the Sunday morning. But at that event, we just kind of give updates, talk about what's happening along around the world to Christians, and we spend time praying. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's almost like a, an extended live podcast. There you go. Uh, and we got some videos and testimonies from persecuted believers that you can see. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to learn more and stay connected with your persecuted family. Yeah, we have a couple of those events coming up in Ontario. You can register for them and find out more at uh, opendoorscanada.org slash events, where everything that's coming up is listed there. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on the World Watch Weekly Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you know when our next episode is out. You can learn more about what persecuted Christians face and how you can help strengthen them on our social media at Open Doors Canada or at our website, opendoorscanada.org.